Bibles once again to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. Amen. Because God wants us to continue to teach and preach and emphasize the importance of faithfulness. The importance of what? Faithfulness. Why? Because as, we, as we've been confessing, amen, it's still God's plan for us to flourish this year. Come on, anybody know it's still God's plan for us to flourish this year? Amen. See, in the times we're living in, it, it, listen, it's never been more important for us to do what? To flourish in every area of our lives. And once again, I believe one day we're going to get this. Amen. Amen. We're going to what? We're going to get it. Because the Bible tells us here in Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man shall what? Abound with blessings. A faithful man shall what? Shall what? Abound with blessing. Come on, he's saying the man that is faithful to the things of God shall what? Abound in blessing. Let me say it again. A man that is faithful to the things of God. See, a lot of people are faithful, but they're not faithful to the things of God. They put a lot of things in the way. Come on. They, got, they put a lot of things before God. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it says here, a faithful man, amen, to the things of God shall what? Abound in blessing. Somebody say, that's me, my faith. <laughs> amen. Now, we know it's been prophesied, prophesied, amen, for 2018. Let's read that prophecy. I'm going to read that prophecy again for you. We read it a few minutes ago. It said, these are indeed the days of greater glory, saith the Lord. And I will cause it to manifest to all who have remained faithful to me and faithful to my word. And I will cause them to flourish and to abound as I have promised in my word. I will honor their loyalty to me and enable them to overcome every attack of the evil one. And I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs that they've ever experienced thus far. That says, rest assured that I am working on their behalf even now. And they shall triumph and be victorious, and all shall see that I am still the God of the breakthrough, and I am still the God who keeps covenant. So it says, lift up your hands and lift up your voices and praise your God. That was a fake one. Now let's get a real one. Hallelujah. God knows the difference between a fake and a real. Come on, lift up your hands and lift up your voices and praise your God like he deserves to be praised. Hallelujah. Don't give God anything halfway because you don't want him to give you anything halfway. Come on, say amen, somebody. Glory to God, amen. And then it goes on to say, amen, the God, unlike any other God, the God who blesses all who have been faithful and loyal to him, saith the Lord. Then 2018s are days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of what? Abounding. Now look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, where we've seen last Wednesday that Moses asked to see God's glory. Amen? Moses asked to see God's glory. So he says in Exodus 33, verse 18, he says, And I beseech thee, Show me why what? Show me thy what? Glory. Now, we talked about this some time ago, but the glory of God is the what? Is the manifested presence. It's the manifested power and the manifested goodness of God. 
Come on, what is the glory of God? It's the manifested presence. It's the manifested power and the manifested goodness of God. And Moses makes it very clear here what he wants. He wants to see what? Come on, he wants to see what? He wants to see God's glory. Look at verse, look at verse 19. Look at, look at God's response. God says what? And I will make all my what? Goodness do what? Pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So we know that the glory is the what? Is the manifested goodness of God. Come on, the glory is what? The manifested goodness of God. And see, we're expecting the manifested goodness of God. Well, I'm expecting the manifested goodness of God. Amen? Because why? Because the manifested goodness of God is the manifested goodness of God is vital. It's a vital part of the manifested glory of God. Let me say it again. The manifested goodness of God is what? Is a vital part of the manifested what? Glory of God. And see, these are days of glory. These are days of these are days of glory. So we should we should expect to see, since these are days of glory, we should expect to see the manifested goodness of God. Come on, anybody in expectation in this room? Now earlier in Exodus 33:14, turn there. Exodus 33:14. Notice what he says here. And he said, my what? Presence. Somebody say presence. So go with thee and I will give thee what? Rest. Now once again, we're not only going to see the greater manifestations of the goodness of God, but we're also going to see what? Greater manifestations of the presence of God. Yeah, we're a dead group today, you know. Is it the heat? Something or what? <laughs> my goodness gracious y'all sitting down I'm standing up you know <laughs> glory to God so we're going to see not only greater manifestations of the goodness of God but we're going to also see what greater manifestations of the what presence of God not only in church but I'm talking about in our everyday life somebody say I'll take that right now now earlier it explains that God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt by his power. Look at Exodus 32, 11. Exodus 32, 11. Exodus 32, 11 reads, And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why dost thou wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the what? Land of Egypt with what? Great power. With what? Great power and with a mighty hand. Somebody say great power. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say great power. Then God says in Exodus 34, 10. Exodus 34, 10. And he said, behold, I what? I make a covenant. Before all thy people. 
before all thy people, I will do. He said, I might do it sometime in the future. He said, I will do what? Marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. Then he says, and all the people among which thou, shalt, thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a what? Terrible thing that I will do with thee. Come on, say, that's me. So the glory of God is not only a manifestation of the goodness of God and the manifestation of the presence of God, but the glory of God is the what? The manifestation of the what? Of the what? Power of God. And what did God say he's going to do? I will do marvels. Is God a liar? He said, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, folks, nor in any nation. In other words, we're getting ready to see God do some things that we've never seen before. Did God say it? But do you believe it? And once again, a lot of people are experiencing tremendous attack. Anybody in this room? And a lot of people, I'm not talking about you, but a lot of people outside this room are on the verge of giving up. Speaking by faith, come on. And a lot of people have given up. Come on, say amen, somebody. A lot of people are not attending church or going to early morning prayer or praying at all. Come on, say amen, somebody. Like they used to or like they know they should do. Come on, a lot of people are not serving God like they used to. Amen. Or they're not even serving the Lord at all. And once again, there are even a lot of preachers, guess what, that have given up. Are you with me out there? Look at Psalm 63.1. Psalm 63.1, once again, we know this was a prayer of David when he was going through a very tough time in his life. And more than likely, it was when he was in the wilderness fleeing from his son Absalom. And no, his son, won, that's, a, that's a terrible thing when your son wants to kill you. Amen, but we're seeing that today. These days and time, children killing their parents. Come on, say amen. Psalm 63.1, it says, Oh God, thou art my God. Somebody say, he's my God. Come on, say, he's my God. Because why? You got you to possess that. Come on, say amen. You got to possess that he is my God. But he said, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee where? In the dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the what? Sanctuary. Now, once again, let's note the fact that even when David was facing one of the greatest trials of his life, folks, he didn't forget his God. And he said, he's my God. Come on, say, he's my God. He, di he didn't turn his back on his God. And he didn't walk away from his faith in God that had delivered him so many times before. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. What did he do? He stuck with God. Even though his life was threatened, he remained faithful. He did what? He remained 
faithful. David says, I'm in a what? Dry and thirsty land where no water. This is where he thought he was. Come on. This is where he is, and this is where a lot of people are today. A dry and what? Thirsty land. Why? Because a dry and thirsty land implies a place of wilderness. This is a place where believers give up, folks. Amen? When they're under the threat of losing something, this is where they give up. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And that's when people start doing what? That's when people start backing away from God, getting away from the word of God, and stop going to church and stop praying. When they start experience their wilderness experience. Come on, say amen, somebody. Guess what? Everybody in this room, one time or another, will experience a wilderness experience. I said everybody. Somebody tell your neighbor, everybody. Come on. But that's not, time, that's not the time to get away from God. That's not the time to back away from the word. That's not the time to stop coming to church. Come on, say amen and stop praying. That's the worst thing you can do when you're in the wilderness of your life. Because why? That's your source of strength. Come on. The church is your source of strength. Oh, come on. The word of God is your source of what? Strength. Amen. God is your source of strength. And you need to always be in the presence of some born-again, faith-filled preachers or faith-filled believers. That's what you need. Tell your neighbor, that's what you need. Especially when you're facing trials, folks. That's not the time to be around unbelievers. Because all they're going to do is give you, your, give you their opinion. They're not going to give you the word of God. Try to side over here. That's not the time to be around unbelievers. Because they're going to fill you with a lot of doubt and unbelief because they don't know anything else. They're definitely not going to give you the words. So how are they going to encourage you? Are you with me out there? Amen. So David says, I long to do what? I long to see thy power and thy glory, so as I what have seen thee where in the what sanctuary. Listen, during the times of your greatest test and trials, folks, that's when you want to remain constant and remain confident that your God will not forsake you. That your God will not let you down. Come on, say amen, somebody. When, when you're going through your greatest testing trials, you better know that God is always there with you. And he will never leave you nor for You better know this. Notice he says once again, as I have seen before. As I what? Seen before. What's this in reference to? God, if you've done it before. I know you can what? Do it again. Has God ever brought you out of something before? Has God ever delivered you out of something before? Has God ever saved your butt before? If he did it before, guess what? He can do it again. Because why? He's the same God. The God of all power. The God of all might. The God that's more than enough. Somebody should give the Lord a shout in here. If you really truly believe that. Because apparently he believes that God will honor his word because in verse 11 it says, But the king, 
shall rejoice in God. Everyone that swear by him shall what? Glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be what? Stopped. Then David says in Psalms 27, 13, turn there. Psalms 27, 13. Psalm 27, 13 says, I had fainted unless I had what? Believed to see the what? The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I would have fainted, folks. He says, I wouldn't have been able to stand. I wouldn't have been able to keep my eyes on God if I hadn't believed something. If I what? If I hadn't believed something. And once again, let me ask you this question. What do you believe when you're in your wilderness? What are you believing when you're under the, your greatest attacks, folks? Oh, I'm listening. Come on, amen. What are you believing when all hell breaks loose in your life? What are you believing when it looks like you, it's a lost cause? David said what? David said, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed. Believe what? That I was about to see the goodness of God. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. He said, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed that I was about to see something. That I was about to see what? I was about to what? See the goodness of God. Come on, anybody in expectation that you are about to see the goodness of God, even though you may be going through your wilderness, even though you may be going through a test of trial, but you better have in the forefront of your mind that I'm about to see the what? I'm about to see the what? I'm about to see the what? The goodness of God. See, I may be going through a tough time right now. But I know on the other side of this tough time, the goodness of God is waiting for me. Somebody say, I received that. I'm talking about a, manifesta a manifestation of the glory. It's just on the other side of every test and every trial. Somebody say every test. Somebody say every trial. But the question is, once again, are you willing to wait for it? Come on. Are you willing to stay strong enough while you're going through that trial? I said through the trial. I said through the trial. What did David say again? I had fainted unless I what? Had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the what? In the land of the what? Living. So once again, so what you believe. What you what? What you believe while you're in your wilderness is vitally important. Amen. Say it again. So what you believe while you're what? In your wilderness is what? Vitally important. It's vitally important to how you turn out or the outcome of your situation. Because you're only going to get what you believe. Amen. Amen. Then he says in verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of what? Good courage, and he shall what? 
Strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say what? On the Lord. Tell your neighbor, wait on the Lord. And be of good courage. Come on, tell them again. Say, wait on the Lord. And be of good courage. Glory to God. Now go to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Where we see God spoke to Isaiah when his people were experiencing great trials. And mainly it was because of their own sin. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. A lot of things they brought upon themselves. A lot of things they brought upon themselves. A lot of things they brought upon themselves. But eventually God says through, through Isaiah and verse 1 and chapter 60, he says what? Arise, shine, for the light is come. And the what? Glory to the Lord is what? Risen upon thee. Listen, once again, it appears that after every attack, it seemed like on the other side of it is a manifestation of the glory of God. Let me say it again. It appears that after every attack, it seems like on the other side of it is a what? Manifestation of the what? Glory of God. See, after every hard time, after every hard time, on the other side of waiting for you is the what? Is the glory of God. I'm talking about the what? The manifested glory of God. I'm not talking about you just something you read in a book, folks. I'm talking about what? The manifested what? Glory of God. So he says here, arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is what? Risen upon thee, verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall what? Rise upon who? Rise upon who? Thee and his glory. And his glory shall be what? Seen upon who? Upon who? Once again, this is not just a word for Isaiah's day, folks. Amen? But it is a prophetic word for us. What is God saying? He said, don't you, ever, don't you dare give up now. Amen. Don't you dare turn back now. Come on, say amen, somebody. Dare, don't you dare let go of your faith now. Amen. Why? Because the glory of the Lord is what? Rising on you. Amen. Say it again. Because the glory of the Lord is what? Rising up on you. And the glory of the Lord, it says here, will be seen Upon you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. What's that? That's just on the other side of this trial that you might be going through, folks. And we stated last Wednesday, we stated that there's a pattern here. And we talked about this, I think, like last year, we found out when the pattern is right, the glory falls. When the pattern is right, the what? The glory falls. And see, there's a pattern if you're going through what would be considered a great test of trial of your faith. If you're going through an adversity that you never encountered before, there's a pattern here, folks. Tell your neighbor, it's a pattern. 
In other words, don't give up under pressure. Let me say it again. Don't give up under pressure. Stay what? Faithful. Say it with me. Stay faithful. Come on, say it with me again. Say, stay faithful. Point your neighbor and say, you better stay faithful. Why? Because on the other side of this, on the other side of what you're going through, the glory is about to be revealed. I'm talking about the manifested presence, power, and the goodness of God is just waiting for you. Come on, you better see this with the eye of faith right now. Amen? Understand this. Just for an example. There were times when driving, maybe from Texas to Detroit, when I was in the military. Amen? Or driving from Detroit back to Texas. I would encounter a storm. Are you listening to me out here? Amen? I'm talking about the kind of storm where you couldn't see three to five feet in front of you. Because it was what? Raining so hard. Amen? Now, I don't care how fast you turn your windshield wipers on during a storm like that. It didn't do any good. Are you following me out here? Now, you'll find out when you're going through a storm like that, as you're driving, amen, slowly driving. (laughs) As you're what? Slowly driving. You may have to go like five or six or seven, ten miles, amen, slowly driving. But as you're driving, what you'll see, you'll see a lot of cars that have pulled over. Hoping that the rain would just pass by. Oh, I might with me out here. But me, I have always pressed my way through. Because why? Because I had come to realize during my driving experience that if I pressed through on the other side of that storm, there would be just white clouds and sunshine. Oh, y'all with me out here. And sure enough, there would be what? White clouds and sunshine on the other side of that storm. Are you following me out here? And it would be so beautiful that it looked like it didn't even rain at all. I don't know if anybody ever experienced that before. Hey, man, some of y'all haven't driven in the States. You're probably afraid to drive in the States. We cast that fear out in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. But after I got through the storm and I seen all these white clouds and I seen all this sunshine, I would start thinking about all those people that are still back there in the storm that are on the side of the road Waiting for the storm to pass while I'm on my way to my what? To my destination, not wasting any time. But listen to me, folks. Listen. In the midst of every storm, there is sunshine on the other side. You didn't hear what I just said. In the midst of every storm, there is sunshine on the other side. If you will just stay faithful, if you will just keep pursuing, if you will just keep going forward, you will eventually break out of that trial, break out of that storm, and there will be sunshine on the other side. 
Somebody say, I'll take that. Come on, can I get an amen out there? Say, even though that you might be in a storm, there is sunshine on the other side, folks. And sunshine is symbolic of the glory of God. So once again, during a time of great pressure, during a time of tremendous adversity, God promises. You hear what I said? God promises. Let me say it again. God promises. Let me say it one more time. God promises a manifestation of his presence, a manifestation of his power, and a manifestation of his goodness. He promises. And there's a pattern of it. And you'll see that pattern throughout the Old Testament. But I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Let's look at the New Testament and see if we see the same pattern. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Notice he says here, Beloved. And he beloves in the room. Beloved, thinking not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. In other words, you're asking the question, why am I always under pressure? Anybody ever felt like that before? Come on. Why does it seem like the devil's always picking on me? Now, you have men and women of God that have been through some serious trial more than what we've ever experienced. Come on, say amen, somebody. You know, when we go to these conventions and they'll start telling us their testimonies and how God brought them through every time. Amen. Now, if you have a person that doesn't know better, they'll ask a question like this. Why is, pick, why is the devil pick on them so much? He never bothers me like that. And you got to tell that person, well, apparently you're not a threat. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And apparently the devil has you already anyway. Why? Because the devil doesn't pick on people he's already got. Say it again. The devil doesn't pick on people he's already got. He picks on people that he doesn't have. So what's the Bible saying? Mark 4, 17. Keep a marker there, though, because we're coming back. What's the Bible saying? Mark 4, 17. Talking about the word of God. It says, have no what? Rule in themselves. And so what? Endure for a what? Time afterwards when what? Affliction and what? Persecution arises for whose sake? For the word's sake, immediately they are what? Offended. So the devil comes for the, for the word's sake. The devil comes for the what? Word's sake. Listen, he doesn't care anything about you, folks. He really doesn't care if you died and go to hell. Or if you die to go to heaven. Amen. But listen to me closely. It's while you're here on the earth. And the word of God is in your heart. And you're being faithful to it. Is what bothers him. 
and what keeps him awake all night. Come on, say amen, somebody. Well, should I start believing God for more attacks? No. You just get serious with God. Say it again. You just get what? Serious with God. Get serious with his word. And you have all the attacks you can handle. Hallelujah. But at the same time, tell your neighbor, but at the same time, if you do get more serious with God and more serious, more serious with his word, you have more victory that you've ever known of in your life. Somebody say amen. So notice Peter says, don't think it's strange that you're under attack. Tell your neighbor, don't think it's strange. Why? It's everybody that loves God comes under attack. Do you love God? You're going to come under attack. Everybody that loves the word of God comes under attack. Do you love the word of God? Do you love the word of God? So you're going to what? Come under attack. And Minister Walker and I, we haven't been, we haven't, we, listen, we haven't had a free ride in the 20 years we've been here. Come on. We have had countless attacks. But we can tell you right now, we can tell you that everyone, God has never let us down. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. God has never forsaken us. Come on. And God has never allowed us to lose. Matter of fact, we had to do what Ephesians 6.13 says. Go to Ephesians 6.13. We had to do what Ephesians 6.13 says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. What's he say here? Where for what? We had to take on the what? Whole armor of God that I may be able to what? Withstand when in the evil day to having done what? All to stand. Listen, we had to stand and we had to stand some more. Just like you have to stand and you got to stand some more. Tell you neighbor, I got to stand and stand some more. But sometimes during that stand, it took time. Before we seen the manifestation. Somebody say it took time. But when it came folks. Let me say it again. But when it came. It was the shortest time we've ever spent in our lives. Why is that? Listen. You know when, you, when, you, when that thing comes. That you've been waiting for. You don't even think about how long it took. Why? Because you're praising God. Because he did what he said he was going to do. And he was faithful. Somebody say he was faithful. Tell your neighbor he is faithful. So Peter says don't think it's strange when something happens to you. Let me say it again. Don't think it's strange when something happens to you. Well, am I doing something wrong? No. It may be just because you're doing something right. Listen to me closely. There are only two times the devil attacks people. You want to know those two times? When you've done something wrong or when you've done something right. 
other than that, he doesn't bother you at all. That's the only two times he what? Attacks. See, it's not always that you've done something wrong. Sometimes it's because you're doing something right. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. So he says, don't think it's strange. And then in verse 13, he says, but rejoice. He said, but what? Rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. What am I supposed to rejoice over? You expect them to rejoice, to rejoice with what I'm going through? When I'm going through a trial, when I'm going through a test, come on, say amen, somebody. When I'm going through adversity, when my faith is being challenged and under attack, you expect to me to rejoice. When do I rejoice? You rejoice during those times. Let me say it again. You rejoice during those times. Come on. Anybody can rejoice when all is going well. Come on. When you got money in the bank, you can rejoice. When your body is feeling good, you can rejoice. When your children are all serving the Lord, you can rejoice. When your marriage is strong, you can rejoice. It doesn't take a lot of faith to rejoice when no, under no circumstances. Listen, but it takes faith to rejoice when everything is falling apart. Let me say it again. It takes faith to rejoice when everything is... Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? So he says here, but rejoice. In as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed. That when his what? Glory shall be revealed, you may be what? Glad also with what? Exceeding joy. But notice the pattern. Did you notice the pattern? After every major attack on the other side, the glory is waiting to be revealed. What is the glory? The manifested goodness of God. The manifested presence of God. And the manifested power of God. Somebody say, I received that. Come on, say, I'm on my way to the manifested goodness. Come on, say, I'm on my way to the manifested presence. Come on, say, I'm on my way to the manifested power of God. What do I have to worry about? Come on. I think I'll just rejoice. Come on. Come on. I'll just what? Rejoice. Well, you need to lift your hands and rejoice. You need to lift your voices and rejoice. Come on. You need to say something. Why? Because if you really got what I'm really preaching right now, you know in your heart that the glory is about to be revealed in your life. So you can rejoice ahead of time. Come on, say amen, somebody. You ain't got to wait till you see it to rejoice. You rejoice before. And this is what Peter is saying here. This is what Peter is saying here. If you won't give up, even though you're under great pressure, if you won't give up, then you will experience 
You will experience the manifested goodness, the manifested presence, and you will experience the manifested power of God if you won't give up. Anybody receive that in here? Let me read this from the Message Bible. I don't know if they got it on the screen. Let me read it from the Message Bible. The Message Bible reads 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. It says, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on his job. Do you hear what it says? It says, friends, when life gets really difficult, have you ever been in a situation where life got really difficult? He says what? Don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on his job. He says in verse 13, instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. He said this is a spiritual refining process with what? You didn't hear. With what? With what? Glory. Where? Where? Right What's around the corner? Glory. What you learned is expectation up around the corner? Glory. Where is it at? Just around the corner. If you won't give up, you win. So don't even ever consider even giving up. It goes on to say, verse 14, it says, if, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory, the spirit of glory and of God does what? Rest us upon you. On their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Somebody say, the spirit of glory rests upon me. Come on, say, the spirit of glory. Rest upon me. Come on, say the spirit of glory. Rest upon me. Let's look at another example. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. Let's look at an example from Apostle Paul. An example from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. Are you still with me out there? Come on, God's trying to encourage somebody in this room. Come on, God's trying to encourage somebody in this room. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Now, this is how religious minds read this. Oh, Jesus. We are troubled on every side. Oh, Jesus. We are perplexed. Dear God, we're persecuted. Oh, Lord, I'm cast down. Bless me, his holy name. But that's not what it says here. Tell me, that's not what it says. Don't forget the buts and the yets in the Bible. Say it again. Don't forget the buts and the yets in the Bible because why? 
Those buts and yet change everything. Hear what I just said. They do what? Change everything. So it says we are troubled on every side. Yet, going to go back up to verse 8. Yet, not distress. See, yet means it's not over yet. Come on, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. But, 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 not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Come on, look at how the yets and the bus changes the scenery. Turn neighbor, changes the scenery. See, I might be troubled on every side, yet not distressed. I might be perplexed, but what? But not in despair. I might be persecuted, but not forsaken. Another translation says, I might be knocked down, but you'll never knock me out. Come on, say you'll never knock me out. Now it goes on to say down in verse 17. Say verse 17. It says here in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. What is but for a moment? That means it's not permanent. That means it's not going to last forever. Somebody should, somebody should be shouting in here. That means what you're going through right now has a time limit on it. Let me say it again. It has a what? Time limit on it. Well, what does the 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Keep on marking there because we're coming back. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. He says, there has, there has no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. There's nothing you're going through nobody else been through, folks. Don't think you're the only one that's going through what you're going through. It says, but God is faithful. But God is what? Come on, God is what? Who will not. Who will not. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to what? Bear it. Somebody say, I can bear this thing. So whatever you're going through, folks, whatever you're going through, God has already decided. God has already decided in advance that what you have in you right now, you have what it takes to make it through it and if you will stay faithful 
And if you will stay what? Faithful. You'll come out on the other side victorious. Somebody say, I received that. So go back to 2 Corinthians 4.17. Somebody get something out. It's maybe the people online. Maybe somebody watching. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. <laughs> for our what? Light affliction, which is but for a moment. Worker for us a what? Far more exceeding and eternal weight of what? Weight of what? Weight of what? There it is again. That was the what? That's the pattern. Come on, are you seeing the pattern? Has anybody seen the pattern? After every major attack, glory is awaiting on the other side. Somebody say, I'll take that. Come on, after every major attack, the manifested goodness, the manifested presence, the manifested power of God is waiting for you. And it's right around the corner. Now you can see why the Lord instructs us to be faithful. Are you with me out here? Now you can see why the Lord instructs us to stay in faith and don't give up. Tell your neighbor, stay in faith and don't give up. Amen? Why? Because God's glory, listen to me, y'all. God's glory always comes when God's people are in need of it the most. Let me say that again. God's glory always comes when God's people are in need of it the most. Come on. Are you in need of the glory? Okay, a couple people here. Are you in need of the glory? Come on. Are you in need of the goodness? Are you in need of the presence? Are you in need of the power of God to be manifest in your life? Are you in need of it? Then you have to make the quality decision. Somebody say quality decision. Then make the quality decision that quitting is not an option. That giving up is not an option. I'm not going to back down. I'm staying in faith. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'm staying on the word of God. I'm staying in the presence of God. And I'm not going to get out of fellowship. Amen? amen. amen. Why would you want to do that anyway? When you have a promise from God of the glory that's just on the other side of this trial. Why would you even think? Think about getting up and getting away from the word. Amen. Now, the Message Bible reads 2 Corinthians 4.17 this way. The Message Bible. It says, these hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. Somebody say small potatoes. Come on, say small potatoes. What I'm going through right now is what? Come on, say small potatoes. 
You know, them little small potatoes that they have at the store. Come on, they what? Small potato. Turn to someone and say, what you're going through is small potato. Turn to somebody else say, what you're going through. Find somebody else, Lily. So what you're going through is <laughs> small potatoes. <laughs> what? Compared to what? Compared to the coming good times. Compared to the what? Coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. It says the lavish celebration God has prepared for us. Listen, it's celebration time because why? God has promised that these hard times that you're going through are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for you. Come on, same as why. Listen, why wait? The celebration is now. Come on, you better celebrate by faith. Why? Because you're headed. You're headed. You're headed, you're headed towards days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abiding. Come on, say, I'm headed towards days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. Listen, don't give up. And see, refusing to give up is about faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. And we read the faithful will flourish. It'll be like days of heaven on earth. Go back to Proverbs 28, 20. Let's look at it again. Proverbs 28, 20. What does he say again? A faithful man <coughs> shall what? Abound with what? Abound with what? Abound with what? That sounds like lavish to me. That sounds like lavish to anybody else. See, God is not a respecter of person, folks. He will bless every person who remains faithful. And listen to me, it's just a matter of time. But you have to, listen to me now, but you have to prove yourself faithful. Say it again. But you have to prove yourself faithful. God is watching your faithfulness. He's taking note of your faithfulness. And when he sees that you are faithful, you will begin to bound in blessings like you've never done before. So much so, you won't be able to contain it all. And you yourself will. We will become a clearing house for the blessing of God. Why? Because God wants you to be a distribution center of the blessing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Psalms 92.12 in the Amplified. Psalms 92.12 in the Amplified it reads, the uncompromising righteous 
shall flourish like a palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Come on, do you want to flourish? Do you want to flourish? Then you have to become uncompromising. Say, ask you again, do you want to flourish? Do you want to flourish? Then you have to become what? Uncompromising. Why? Because that's the way you're going to reach this place in your life, folks. Do you want to experience the manifested goodness, presence, and power of God? Then that's the way it happens. When you stay faithful, when you want stay faithful, this is not the time to grow weary, folks. This is not the time to quit. Why? Because why? Because you're about to experience your greatest breakthroughs. If you've ever experienced, you're about to tap into blessings that you never experienced before. Look at Psalms 31.19 in the Amplified. He says, oh, how great is your goodness. How great is your what? Goodness. Which you have laid up for those who what? Fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness, which you have wrought for those who what? Trust and take refuge in you before the sons of men. Notice he says, all this goodness is laid up for us. All this goodness is what? Laid up for us. Manifest, manifestations of his what? Goodness that we've never experienced before, folks. God's extremely good to us. But I hear him saying here, we haven't seen anything yet. Oh, come on. Listen, God has things stored up that has your name on them. That are about to be released. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. That are about to be what? Released. And what are but better time to do it for us who have been through two cat five storms and here in 2018. What better time to do it than right now? Come on, what better time to do it than right now? Somebody say right now. Somebody say right now. Now the message Bible reads verse 19 in Psalms 31, 19. What's it look what it say here? The message Bible. It says, What a stack of blessings. Awesome. Somebody's gonna receive it. I, you online, if you're on there, I don't know if see anybody on the camera anymore. <laughs> Amen. What a stack of blessings. What a stack of blessing you have piled up for those who worship you, ready and waiting for all who run to you to escape an unkind world. Listen, there's a stack of blessings waiting for you. Oh, hear what I just said. There's a stack of blessings waiting for you. Try this side over here. There's a stack of blessings waiting for you. 
And this is the kind of manifestations of the goodness we're, we're going to walk in this year. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. When it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, we're going to walk away with a stack full of blessings. A power of blessings that you have never experienced before. Okay, hallelujah. So this is not the time to turn your back on God. This is not the time to get out of the word. This is not the time to stop coming to church. Come on. This is the time to even do more. Why? Because you see what's on the other side. You see what's around the corner. Come on. Say amen. Somebody. The glory is about to be revealed in your life like you've never seen before. Now the New Living Translation reads it this way. We're almost done. The New Living Translation reads it this way. How great is the goodness you have stored up. You have what? Stored up for those who what? Fear you. You lavish it. You what? You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them. Oh, come on, Sheke. Blessing them before the watching world. Blessing them while the whole world is watching. He just, just stay faithful, folks. Come on, tell somebody, you're going to be glad that you didn't give up. Come on, tell somebody else. You're going to be glad that you didn't give up. Matter of fact, lay your hands on someone. And I want you to pray this over them. Come on, lay your hands on somebody. I want you to pray this over them. Come on, say, I pray over you that you will remain strong. Remain faithful. Remain diligent in the word of God and in your walk with God. Come on, say, I pray in the name of Jesus, you will not grow weary. You will not give up. You will not faint. But you will stand strong and be faithful. And God promises that you will experience his glory on the other side of every trial you have. So wait on God. Don't give up. This is your finest hour. Now give God praise like you believe us so. Come on, give God praise like you believe us so. Come on, give God praise like you believe us so. Come on, you better act like you believe that. Come on, say amen about it. Come on, it's what you believe. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you glory. And Father, we give you honor. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, this is your year. This is your time. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, it's right on the other side. It's right on the other side. It's right on the other side. Oh, Lord, 